0: Life audio. This week is our last week going through the Psalms. And in fact, it's the last doxology of the Psalms where we have five different Psalms that all begin and end with that word hallelujah. And I think I just want to pause there and have you recognize that for a minute. We have been going through these Psalms one at a time, and I think this idea of starting and finishing with praise to the Lord, hallelujah, is a really good thing for us to ponder as we finish up this study on the Psalms. I hope you join us this week. We're going to finish strong. Stay tuned. Hey, friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl today we are going through our devotional reading of Psalm 146. And like I said at the beginning of today's episode, this is our final week in the Psalms. We've gotten to this place where we have diligently gone through one Psalm at a time, and we're finally at that tail end. And one of the things I love about this last five Psalms is they all start and end with Hallelujah. I think that is such a fitting ending to our study of the Psalms, because it reminds us to have this posture of praise, not just as we read the Psalms, but as we go through and we pray to the Lord. If you are wondering what's going to happen next, I just want to tell you real quickly before we get started that we're going to go into the She Hears Bible study for the first six weeks of the summer. And the reason why I'm doing that is because when I first started dropping that content, there was a lot less listeners, like tens of thousands of less listeners at the time. And it is such a foundational aspect of the She Hears ministry, the Hearing Jesus podcast, that I really want to make sure you listen to that content. And so if you don't want to listen to that, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. You can go back and listen to maybe some of the Psalms episodes that you missed or our spiritual discipline series is really popular. But I would encourage you to stay the course. I would encourage you to even just as a refresher, listen to those episodes because it's a reminder of how Jesus talks to us, how he encourages us, how he forgives us, how he empowers us, how he loves us. And so as we go through that, I just pray that those episodes are a blessing to you. They actually accompany the She Hears Bible study, which you can pick up a copy of that at shehears.org, and you can either get it as a standalone Bible study, or you can get the package that comes with the color method, highlighter colors, and the Gospel of John journal. Those are just additional resources to make it a little bit easier on you as you study. So again, just an additional way to hear the Lord's voice this summer. So today we are in Psalm 146, and I'm reading from the New International Version, starting at verse 1. It says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God." He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise The Lord. I love that this final doxology that we see, this last session of Psalm 146 through Psalm 150, these last handful of Psalms, they begin with the call to praise the Lord and they end with the call to praise the Lord. What you might not realize is in the original language, it would have been that word, hallelujah. And What we see specifically in this psalm is that God is protecting his righteous people, his vulnerable people, and then he's thwarting the lives of the wicked. And so what this psalm does is it essentially serves as a hymn and it proclaims God as king. It has a rhythmic feel to it, a liturgical feel to it. It was most likely used in community worship in Zion. And and it's also really inspired a lot of praise and worship hymns that you may have sung, not just hymns, but maybe choruses, things that you've sung sung in your church as well. So starting out, of course, the psalmist is calling upon himself. When he says, my soul, he's calling on himself to worship God. And so even though he is a worship leader and he's leading the community into worship, it starts from this place of self in regard to his relationship with God. And I think that's a powerful reminder for us because after being in ministry for a really long time, I think there is a temptation to pour yourself into your work so much so that that you kind of forget about your own relationship with God. And it's not that you necessarily forget about it, but it takes a lesser seat because you're always preparing something for ministry, whether it's a lesson or a worship set or a sermon or a Bible study. You're spending so much time pouring that effort into preparing to lead others into worship. Sometimes we forget that we have to stop. And we have to start with our own relationship with God, making sure our hearts are in a good posture of worship and right relationship, praising him. And so I love that reminder that we see at this very beginning of this Psalm. And then of course, these final five Psalms remind us that in different ways that praising the Lord should be the beginning and the end. I think even of our days, not just our worship, but our days. I think that's a powerful example. And then verses two through nine, we see God defending the vulnerable. The psalmist is committed to praising God all of his life. We see that in verse two. And as human leaders, we put our confidence in God more than ourselves. But yet, sometimes I think it's difficult to do that in the flesh, meaning, If things don't get done, we worry about them because who's going to do them? Or if things don't go perfectly the way we planned them, we have a tendency to take it on ourselves. And yet I I think that maybe what God is calling us to do is to relax our own agenda for a little bit so that we can defer to his agenda. And I think that's a really good mind reminder that we see in the beginning part of this psalm. We have to recognize that we are human. We are mortal. It talks about in verse 3, we're mortal and we're going to die. And not just are we going to die, our plans are going to die with us. In contrast to that, God, who is the creator of everything, he is the foundation of our hope. His plans are the ones that are going to last. And I think about that in terms of not just ministry, but in our day-to-day lives. So we have all these things planned out that we want to get done or we want to get accomplished. And yet, do we recognize that none of our plans even matter if we're not taking into consideration God's plan? And so, again, it's just something to keep in mind as we're going through this psalm. As the creator, God, he deserves this, this underlying foundation of everything that we do and the hope that we have. And then I love how it talks about his defense of those who cannot defend themselves. And so we're talking about people that are oppressed or people that are hungry or the prisoners or the blind or those who are, it says they're bowed down, they're down in life or the foreigner or the orphan or the widow. God has a heart for those that are in vulnerable situations. And by default, that means we need to have a heart for those people as well. I'm actually getting ready to go spend a weekend at one of my favorite ministries in New York City. And they have such a calling and ministry, those that are in vulnerable situations in the city and one of the things I love about visiting this ministry is it gives me a fresh glimpse of God's heart I get to stand next to those that are desperate for him and communicate the gospel in a way that changes things for them that brings them real hope and not that we don't have that in our day-to-day lives but there's something special about stepping into this place and ministering to those that are vulnerable because we know God cares about that so so much And then, of course, it talks about how God has a heart for the righteous, meaning those that are following him. In our context, it would be believers. And then there's this undermining of the wicked, meaning God is thwarting the plans of the wicked. And I think that's important to remember, too, because sometimes we don't always see that in the flesh. We don't always see what God is doing behind the scenes. And sometimes it can even feel the opposite. It can feel like, man, I just can't catch a break. And here's this guy over here who's doing evil or, you know, playing things the wrong way. And he's constantly catching the breaks that might look like that in the physical, but we have to remember that God sees in the spiritual and there's a whole different thing behind the scenes that God's doing. We're going to take a quick break right here. And when we come back, we're going to finish up this psalm. I really want you to understand that God has a heart, not just for you, but he has a heart for those that are vulnerable. Ponder that as we go to a break. We'll we'll be back in a minute. As we move into this final section, I want to bring your attention to this phrase, the Lord reigns. The Psalm is ending with this proclamation of how God is King universally and eternally. He's king over all and forever. And so what the psalmist is doing is he's calling on this community of God's people, Zion, to join in this praise of who God is, not just right now, but forevermore. And he's king over all of our circumstances. I think sometimes we forget that. Even in the midst of the brokenness and the sorrow and the pain of this life, God is on the throne. Overall, this psalm is is really the psalmist leading the community to praise this God who is the king, who is blessing vulnerable people in their community. He's the creator, and he's the only one that is able to help. Even when the leaders, meaning the princes, it calls them princes in verse 3, even when those human leaders cannot or will not help the vulnerable, God will. And so Jesus, who was the son of God, the Messiah, the king, helped the vulnerable. It was part of the very nature of why he came because of our vulnerability. And and what does scripture say? It says that he upheld the cause of the oppressed and he gave food to the hungry and he set the prisoner free and he gave sight to the blind and he lifted those that, that were low down. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus talks about this verse in Isaiah 61 in a way that proclaims that he is the Messiah. He is the one that helps those that are oppressed and down. And this psalm can be read as a call to praise Jesus, not just God the Father, but Jesus himself. It's messianic in that way. So given that insight, I'm going to go back and read starting at verse 1. It says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Father God, we praise you for you are the God that sees the vulnerable. You see those parts of us that are vulnerable. And you are the one that sets us free. God, I pray for my friends today that are in maybe two different categories. Maybe they are the one that recognizes that there are vulnerable people around them. God, would you burden their heart right now even to speak hope to those that are around them that are suffering, that are vulnerable. Or Father God, if I'm talking about somebody right now that is vulnerable, that is in a desperate situation. God, would you encourage them that by your spirit, you see them and that you are the one that can help even when the leaders of this world will not help. God, we thank you for this knowledge and the hope that is the gospel. We thank you for the way that this Psalm looks forward to the hope that we find in Jesus. God, we thank you that this is part of your heart. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.